What is up? What is going on, everybody? This week, all three of us are happily returning to Pandora. And we're going to do it on the other side of the song. Welcome back, everyone, to another new episode of The Threequel. As always, I'm one of your three co-hosts, Ethan Klein, here with me, Mike Duranik. And I lied to you in the cold open because not all three of us are willing to go back to Pandora. But, Mike, you and I are, and I'm very happy to do it with you. Well, we're here going back to Pandora. Brad was watching the Jets take the NFL's uh, offensive game back to the Stone Age. So we're all going back somewhere. Um, and we'll leave it up to the listener to decide if uh, the Jets getting two yards of offense in the second half or us watching Pandora was the more painful experience. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert moving forward. I think you and I won out on this, Mike. Uh, but we are talking 2009's Avatar, uh, directed by James Cameron was nominated for an entire list of awards, uh, which we can get into, but its standing legacy is uh, it's the highest grossing movie of all time. It's close to $3 billion at this point. It may have crossed $3 billion uh, with its most recent re-release. Uh, we're doing this here in the month of December because now, 13 years later, we are finally getting Avatar 2. I think it's The, the Way of Water uh, is the title of it. So have known for a long time that there would be a sequel coming. I mean, it's no shock when a movie makes $3 billion. You probably want to put more mm -hmm. IP out with it, but James Cameron has taken his time. So here we are. Felt like an obvious choice, especially with the extra week in this month. So, I mean, I'll call this a group pick, but there, there was some pushback uh, here in it. But we've rewatched it. Here we are. Um, and I say we just get into it, Mike. I'll ask you the question that I always do. And what was your first experience with Avatar? Were you a part of making this the highest grossing movie of all time? Did you uh, buy into the phenomenon back in 2009, seeing it in theaters? Did you catch it later? What was that? And then what did you bring into this rewatch for the podcast? Yeah, I, I was a part of making this the highest grossing film of all time, um, but it's probably not one that I would have gone to see of my own volition. Um, as luck would have it, this was a, a movie that I took a date to, um, and it was uh, not a particularly successful uh, date, probably, because it was the only date we had, um, and it was also the only time that I saw this movie um, prior to uh, re-watching it for the, the course of this podcast, and so the movie itself... Uh, it wasn't successful enough to get me to just see it as this amazing thing, right? I, I uh, don't. I had friends and family who thought that this was the greatest thing ever, and I walked out of at least that initial viewing saying it was fine. Uh, the the graphics were intriguing, um, but I couldn't quite figure out what took him so long to make it uh, outside of just waiting for the CGI to catch up to it. So how how about you, Ethan? I also saw this one in theaters. Uh, helped. The, the box office there. I believe I might have seen it twice. I, I feel like I would have had to. I had no idea that this was a thing. Um, my stepbrother came and told me that he saw Avatar. And at the time, for my childhood, there was a cartoon called Avatar. And it was not about this. So I just assumed that they somehow made that a movie. Uh, and hearing someone describe it, they're like, no, it's these blue people. And they're on this planet, and there's all this action in it. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? Brad made it, everybody. Uh, and so, yeah, very confused and went and saw it. And at the time, I was like, I was under the impression that this was a really, really cool action movie. 
that was my opinion of it. And I saw it, went back with some different friends, saw it a second time, still thought it was a really cool action movie. I never bought into this is like a world-changing film in terms of it was nominated for Best Picture, I think maybe Best Screenplay, I'm not sure about but it was nominated for so much stuff, I'll, I'll look into that. But And it ended up losing um, to The Hurt Locker at the Academy Awards, which I think is completely fair just for you know the quality of work on screen. But I always bought into this as a crazy good action movie and not so much the other things and so then i went through a period of time where i was not a fan of it because people were pushing it as like the greatest sci-fi movie of all time uh and then i started to come back around and, and i can say and i guess i'll ask you this too i don't know if you are i'm looking forward to seeing the new one i think if nothing else i know it's going to look really really cool and if nothing else i know james cameron is going to put something on screen that's going to entertain me yeah i think that this movie you know, I don't want to make it, I, right off the bat, I made it sound like I didn't enjoy this movie, right? So I'll walk that back. I think it's a fine movie. Um, I think that the the world that he created, um, while not totally dissimilar from many other alien worlds that have been created for other movies, uh, you know, the story itself is just basically a retread of, I mean, Pocahontas and things like that, right? Um, but the the graphics were great. The world that he created was compelling, and so yeah, I, I could see myself. I don't get to the movie theaters as much these days, but uh, I could see myself uh, not being opposed to seeing this one. And you know, certainly the the fact that he managed to lead this into a four movie contract for four sequels, and uh, as I understand it, production on the second one obviously is done because it's coming out this month of December. But then uh, the third one is also production is wrapped. And then they are planning on staggering those two years apart and then two years, two years after for the, the fourth and fifth. So uh, it would be interesting to see what he does with the world. Yeah, from what I've understood, they filmed two and three back to back. They're waiting to see what the box office looks like for two. Depending on how that goes, that's how we get four. And then as, as things go, as we start preparing for three and they look at those projections, that's how he gets number five made. So four and five aren't guaranteed. Two and three, two could make $50 million back at the box office. We would still get a third one. Four and five are not confirmed. Brad is here. Uh, I know that you didn't plan on being here uh, for this episode, but I think you should be involved in some way in the Rotten Tomatoes game. Um, if I'm trying to think back to Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which was our final episode for the month of November, I do believe that... I just feel like Mike is back. I think it's you and Mike. That's okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, there you sure. go. So, Mike, why don't you go ahead and try to guess what the Sitting Rotten Tomatoes score is for this film, uh, and then we will see if Brad can just uh, swoop in and get a victory uh, from the rafters here. And uh, not cheating, looking at uh, my DraftKings <laughs> bets here fair, fair. for today. So, You know... This is, uh, this is a tough one for me simply because you threw me off. I came into this ready, uh, well, first of all, thinking that you and I were going to go heads up, and I was ready to, to undershoot it because, as I recalled, this was one that was not a critical darling um, and had the fans behind it. And so I would anticipate, I was anticipating that the fan score would be a lot higher than the critic score. But then you said that this thing got nominated for Best Picture and a slew of other awards, which makes me question my gut impulse uh, and I was going to go at, at about a 75 but I'm going to bump it up a little bit um, and I'm going to go I'm going to go with an 80 
I'll go with an 85 and let Brad decide if it's the over <laughs> the under on an 85. Uh, so I'll go 10 points higher than my gut was telling me, simply because of all of those Academy Awards. Wow. Um, that's a tough one. If you had said 75, it would have been a pretty easy over uh, for me. I don't know. 85's really close to where I would put it. Um, I guess I shouldn't say where I would put it because I've never watched the entire thing because uh, I did not get to see it for this episode, uh, nor have I enjoyed it enough to sit down and watch the, what, nearly three-hour... 240. Ep- epic, a healthy 240. Epic movie. Um, so... I just have a I have a wider range beneath that, so I'm going to come in and, and snipe at an 84 rather than an 86. So let's go 84 for Avatar. Uh, well, I don't know if you guys will be surprised to know this. The critic and the audience score are the exact same rating. Wow. And uh, probably like a 97. Yeah, that by, does surprise me. It makes me feel good about where you went. Let's and see. By the way, we play this game. Uh, we have a winner, and it is Brad Miller. Wow. The score is sitting at an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie for both critics and fans. It was nominated for nine Academy Awards. Now, that is, I mean, that's kind of interesting to, out of all the movies we've watched, right? um, I think that that's unique in that it, that is a lot of nominations for a movie that scored an 82. It is. And so we'll get, and the other crazy thing too, you know, we live in a world now where, the box office records are dominated by Marvel movies. What's the latest Marvel movie came out? It opened to 200 million, 150 to 200 million. That's about every single Marvel movie. This opened to 77 million dollars. Hmm. So to go from and I mean basically just like the quick the way this goes down, companies expect their movies to drop off by about 50 percent every week that it's in the theaters. If you're dropping off less than 50 percent of the box office the previous week before, you are succeeding and then some. This movie made seventy-seven million, which is fantastic, and then increased its way up to three billion dollars in the times. Now, also remember too, this was a different time where now movies are only in theaters for two and a half months. They go right to streaming. If I remember right, this thing—I mean, this came out in December. It was in theaters the next summer, still. So, I mean, very different time, but still, um, it was quite the run that it went on. Well, and I think that this movie was really the first one that I remember. Um with the 3D stuff, yes. at least in this a, was in the a real tangible way, right? And so it made it a novelty in that regard. Yeah, it gave people reasons to keep coming back. Um, so I'll ask the question of, is Rotten Tomatoes correct? Um, and I'll, I'll pose it to you this way, too. I'll, I'll run you through what it got nominated for, because, I mean, it seems pretty like this movie got nominated for nine Academy Awards. Well, it won Cinematography, Visual Effects, Art Direction. Okay. I, I mean, you can't complain about that. Look at what is on screen. Watch the movie. Of course it did that. The other things were film editing, score, sound editing, sound mixing, and then James Cameron directing and best picture. So not the writing, none of the acting, all of the technical things. But when I look at that, so I asked the question, is Rotten Tomatoes correct? This is an 82%. I would argue at no point did James Cameron set out to make a film that was going to change cinema in terms of bringing us to tears with performance and profound thought-provoking script i think he set out to make a pretty epic action movie which is what he's done his entire career it got nominated for every technical award in the book which he was the helm of as the director i think an 82 is actually right on the nose incredibly fair and i think all of the accolades this movie got I, I, I see no way that someone could argue 
this movie didn't actually deserve every single nomination it got, and I think an 82 is about perfect, judging it based off of other action movies that we've watched on this show. Yeah, I I think that you're probably right. I, again, I was recalling this as not being well-liked by the critics, which is why my initial gut was 75. Um, but it's probably, a low 80s is probably about right, and it's hard to argue that Rotten Tomatoes is wrong when the critics and the fans are just right there on it, right? I mean, normally we see a little bit of a gap. Uh, sometimes we see a lot of a gap. Um, but certainly visually, the visual effects were what made this movie stand out. Um, it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways in that regard. The plot itself, again, like we said, retreaded, and the, the dialogue, not great. Um and so it makes sense that this uh, got a whole slew of nominations. I think the directing uh, and the the best picture are the two that stand out the most to me as surprising. Um, I don't know that at any point watching this in theater, I thought, well, this is a best picture nominee. Uh, and boy, what an incredible directing job. Um, but that was probably, the directing was probably more than anything a nod to just his vision and the way that he stuck it out for over a decade uh, from when he first thought this through. Yeah, I think, you know, we look back at a movie that we did probably about a year ago um, when we did uh, Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Nominated for 11 Academy Awards. None of those nominations involved writing or acting. Mm-hmm. All of those nominations involved the ability to put this movie on screen. And what this vision is and what they accomplish, uh, I think that stuff, especially the people that worked on the special effects. Like, usually when you think back on something like, oh, the special effects were really, really good. Like, if you, if you go back and watch even the first Iron Man, which came out a year before this, not that Iron Man looks bad, but if you compare what that movie looks like to what something like Endgame looks like, I mean, they've come miles and miles in what they can do with his suit and how he looks and all that stuff. This movie could come out today and I wouldn't notice a difference. Now, I'm sure once we actually, you know, if you watch the second one and compare the two side by side, I'm sure that James Cameron has something in the bag that's going to make this one look, you know, like a Saturday morning cartoon. But watching this this morning in my house, I thought it still looked amazing. The stuff with when there's humans standing next to the Navi, it looks a little weird. But that's because you're looking at an actual human standing next to something that's not there. Mm-hmm. The scenes where it's just the action happening all at once, I think looks fantastic. Especially with the that final fight. There was not anything about this that I thought looked off. Well, particularly when, as you pointed out, you consider that it was another decade from this to Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you, I mean, technology has jumped way forward in that time. And so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what Cameron's able to do with the advances in technology that may make this movie look a little bit more antiquated. But I agree. I think that the special effects, by and large, hold up pretty well. Well, let's talk about James Cameron because, I mean, he... he I think walking away from this, he still ends up being the biggest star of the show. Because, again, this movie isn't driven necessarily by the acting. Um, it's driven by his vision and what he created. We'll talk about some of the actors. But uh, Cameron, not for someone whose name is so big, people know who James Cameron is, right? Like, it, it, I mean, just random casual film fans know Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, James Cameron, most likely. Like, he's up there. But a pretty limited filmography... Um, and I'm curious, I wonder where you're at. Are you a big James Cameron fan? Are you in the middle? Are you not a fan of his at all? When I look back, to me, it's a lot of either that's fantastic or I do not care at all. 
is really where I've always been at with James Cameron. I think both Terminator movies, for completely different reasons, are awesome and fun and cool. I have a soft spot in my heart for The Abyss. I hate True Lies. I hate Titanic. <laughs> I'd probably never watch Aliens again because that's just really not my genre. I don't really have that much fun with it. And I think Avatar's cool. So it, it's kind of like a, a hit and miss for me. I think the interesting thing for me about Cameron's career is you have the Terminator movies and Aliens, um, and then comes back again with, with Schwarzenegger with True Lies. But then, it, you know, right around the time that he is developing this, he ends up going onto Titanic because the technology wasn't there, you know, for the CGI for this vision of Avatar. And then he hits Titanic, which as a film, does not deserve to be one of the highest grossing films of all time. But whatever, it was incredibly successful, got him all kinds of accolades, right? Um, 11 Academy Awards. 11 Academy Awards, and, and uh, definitely very grateful for Return of the King for finally coming along and at least matching. Um, and then nothing until Avatar, and then nothing again for a decade. This guy has remained incredibly relevant as a significant filmmaker with a very limited filmography. And, um, I mean, but all the movies we just named, I mean, think about that. Those That's four major franchises. Titanic's not a franchise, but it may be a franchise unto <coughs> itself. Yeah. With Terminator, Aliens, Titanic, uh, and then Avatar. So, if you're going to put in, Brad, I'll, you can... Brad's clearing his throat, but you can... You can <coughs> Sorry, uh, excuse me. You can make a guest appearance here on the episode. You're going to hit play on one James Cameron movie. What would it be? Um, well, I was uh, kind of zoned out while you were giving your list, so I don't know all of the I mean, options, so it's real good. Terminator, the Terminator movies, The Abyss, Aliens, True Lies, Titanic, and this. Oh, um, of those, probably True Lies. Okay. Um, I liked that action movie as a kid before Schwarzenegger kind of jumped the shark a little bit uh, with his acting, but... Uh, yeah, I would uh, so go back lies, to that. Mike? I'd probably go with uh, Terminator. The first one or the second one? Probably the second one. The second one. That's, it's, it's insane how... I mean, if, if James Cameron in his career has quote-unquote changed cinema... Now, I mean, making billions and billions of dollars or something changes cinema. But I'm talking about what you put on screen, being a, a, an auteur. The first Terminator is probably it. Like, that is a very, very different way to do a, a crazy good horror movie. Like, that is a horror movie. That's mm -hmm. a slasher film. And then he just comes back with Terminator 2, and he's like, you know what? I'd rather just make billions and just blow stuff up. And he does it great. Does it? Puts puts a lot better product on screen than Michael Bay probably does, right? Say, like that, he, he put on the movie that Michael Bay thinks Michael Bay always does. A hundred percent. That being said, I think after rewatching this, I think it would be this. And actually, rewatching this this time... I'm even more excited for Avatar 2. I think it's going to be really good. I actually have no doubt in my mind. I know there's still people that are like, it's 13 years, it's way too late, this isn't going to make any money. You're out of your mind. Like, I I doubt this thing is going to be up, you know, kissing 2 billion, 2.5. This is going to be a billion dollar movie. I, well, I have zero doubt in my mind that this is going to be well over a billion dollar movie. Some of that is also inflation, though, right? Like, True. I mean, it's, it's easier to hit a billion dollars today than it was when this hit, uh, or... You know, I, I forget where Lord of the Rings ended up, where Titanic ended up, but uh, I mean, this movie, and some of it is the re-releases, the China re-release, 
But this movie, right, it, after adjustment for inflation, is the second highest grossing of all time. Yep. Simply behind Gone with the Wind. Um, right. And, yeah, the, I mean, the movie is going to be successful. Just because I don't get it doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of people out there who are huge fans of this movie. And all you need to know is, right, at Disney, in their Hollywood studios, they still have an entire section of the park that is devoted to Avatar. Yes. It, and that is a section of the park, just like they have a section of the park for, for Star Wars. And think about that. The IP of Star Wars, and they're, they're devoting as, you know, as much space or similar space to Avatar. Absolutely, there's a market for this. And I think that this movie may hit a billion dollars. I would not in any way, shape, or form be surprised if it does because there are people out there who are such enthusiastic fans about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think we're going to run through this theme, I think, in this month of December because I think we have five really good movies picked out. I think more so than in recent memory, and we've had you know, good, good options uh, the last couple months. This is a great time of year to be picking out movies for this. I think we have five movies that perfect not that all five of these movies are perfect movies this isn't a perfect movie but i think what we have this month is five movies that perfectly achieved the goal they set out to achieve Mm -hmm. i think all five movies we do this month sit exactly where they're supposed to be sitting and do it in a way that i can't complain about them just achieving a goal and and this is this is absolutely one of them let's talk about the people in the movie um it's kind of weird to talk about some of the performances is of course you know, there's plenty of people in this movie that you never even see their face because they're uh, the Navi. But we do have someone like Sam Worthington who this, I mean, if this is going to be the one successful thing that Sam Worthington's a part of, why not? <laughs> um, I know he got a real big push after this uh, to stuff that didn't get successful. Can I give you guys a fun little factoid about someone I know you both love? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know who was supposed to be Jake Sully? Jeremy Renner. Matt Damon. Oh, wow. And... When James Cameron called him, he offered him 10% of Avatar, of the box office, 10% points on the back end. And he was just finishing up filming Born Ultimatum, and he said, morally, I can't walk away during post-production in case these people need me, so I'm going to have to pass. So that would have made uh, Jack uh, Nicholson's uh, Batman points look uh, pale by comparison, right? Oh, yeah. That would have made. That, I mean, that's one of the most legendary. I'll just take yeah. the points on the back end. Yes, Robert Downey Jr.'s got points in Marvel, yeah. but none of them have three hundred million dollars worth of points. Uh, so that's I'm, what that I'm could guessing, have been. I'm guessing that Sam Worthington didn't get the same deal. Uh, no, I think he probably got like a hundred grand, <laughs> maybe more. But um, you know, I mean, he's fine as a lead in this. Uh, he gives a good. Pro- there's, there's not performance-wise. I think the only one that really stands out is Stephen Lang. Um, I think he's a great bad guy. I think he's fantastic in this. I forget every time. Uh, and then, like, when I hit play this morning and they get to that first, you're not in Kansas anymore. Like, he's a really, really good bad guy. And I know he's coming back in the second one um, in some way, shape, or form. Who knows? People don't really die in science fiction movies, so he'll, he'll be around somewhere. Brad, I know you never finished it. Sorry, spoiler alert. Stephen Lang dies. Um, or does he? Or does he? Sigourney Weaver's also in the second one, too. Uh, so. Or does she? So, I mean, when I was watching Stephen Lang in this, I was like, man, I feel like I saw this guy in a terrible movie at one point over the course of this podcast. And yeah. then I looked up and was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Don't don't uh, breathe. We did Don't Breathe a couple months ago. Um, we got Tombstone still coming up this month. That's, it's yes, it's yeah. the Stephen Lang show. Better in that one. Um, but, yeah, he does an exceptional job in, in this particular performance and is probably the most... Um, 
engaging performance yes. out, out of all of them. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver. I mean, uh, of course, she's ha- has history with James Cameron being in Aliens. She came back. Um, really outside of those two, I don't know if there's anybody worth highlighting uh, performance-wise. I mean, I, I'm i sure that Zoe Saldana... I, I mean, I will give her credit. That's got to be challenging because her entire performance was wearing a motion capture suit for Lord knows how long this movie was filming. Um, so that's got to be pretty taxing. And then what they're doing for the new one, they all learned how to um, dive. They all learned how to deep-sea dive because they filmed most of the portions of the next movie with oxygen tanks on and motion capture suits underwater. So, I mean, you have to really commit, um, but I'm sure they're being rewarded handsomely. But it, it, this movie really isn't about the performances. It's just about what we're seeing uh, on screen. And I think that, so that's where it comes down to. I guess I'll ask you the question then, Mike. Rewatching it this time, uh, I know that there, I, I wouldn't say elation uh, was the response when we locked in Avatar uh, to watch here, but rewatching it now, 2022 a few weeks short of the second one coming out is this a bad movie that was successful is this a good movie is this a fun movie is this a great movie like what where do you classify this now 13 years later i'll give a quick shout out to michelle rodriguez who plays the same character in everything that she does yes um i got again confused when she popped up in my watching uh lost in my watching a uh, fast and the furious movie and then could be anything the, I saw the blue aliens, and I was like, oh, okay, now I know where I'm at. Um, I think that this movie, it, I, it's so strange. It is not a good movie from the standpoint of um, the script is not great. No. And so on the one hand, it's not a great movie, right? On the other hand, uh, it, as you pointed out, it, 